right, welcome to the latest episode of the Dying Daily Podcast. My name is James, and for the first time ever, I actually have a guest today. So we're going to be interviewing Lindsay Kerr to talk about her health coaching and yoga and just a whole bunch of cool stuff she's doing. So, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, James. Well, what exactly is a health coach? Tell me about that. Yeah, so um, I'm wrapping up my year of taking a health coach training with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And I feel like right now you're really starting to see the name health coach coming into more mainstream criteria. Uh, Part of that is if you go to a doctor right now, they have about 15 minutes to see you. And when they see you, they're seeing you on the symptoms that you're presenting with. So maybe your stomach hurts or you have some kind of digestive issue. What you're usually having is then them prescribe you something, they walk out the door, their nurse walks in, fills out the prescription, and then you leave and go to Walgreens and fill up your prescription. Never really probably getting that piece of advice or even asking how your sleep is, what you're eating, how's your relationships. Um, So the health coach is another piece that would actually be a part of probably a whole uh, wellness consultation team so that you don't have to keep getting the prescription Maybe you don't even have to keep going to the doctor. The health coach is actually going to ask you about what you're eating, how you're sleeping, what are your relationships like, how long have these problems been going on, and then that would be an hour meeting. For me and what I'm trained in my program, it would be an hour twice a month for six months. So it's going to lead to like more of a a lifestyle change Mm -hmm. rather than just... Uh, I don't know, medicating or addressing just specific symptoms. Yes. So it, what it sounds like to me, I really just, I just watched a documentary about this mm-hmm. uh, talking about how like a lot of our modern medical science is really good, mm-hmm. but it's reductionistic. It takes us down. It like separates the body into these different systems and parts and then just deals with them. Is this dealing with it more as like the body as a whole? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Body as a whole. Um, you know, recognizing that maybe if you have symptoms in digestion, uh, that could be why you also feel depressed. There you go. So gut bacteria, yes. all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Tell me about your, your the course of study. Mm-hmm. Like what, what did that look like doing mm-hmm. this? Is it a certification? Is it a license? Yep, this is a certification. Okay. Um, and there are a lot of them out, of, out there. Um, the reason why I chose this one is it is a school that has been around for a while. Um, I have my bachelor's degree in psychology, my master's degree in education um, for counseling, and then um, also have my yoga teacher certification. And really, I feel like that when, you know, and you probably do as well, when working with somebody um, as their counselor, as their coach, that there are so many levels of us as beings. Um, and that this program actually addresses all of those. So the Institute of Integrative Nutrition is founded by a guy named Joshua Rosenthal, who is delightful, if you ever can watch a podcast for him. And he has about 12 ideas that he always says that, you know, anybody could take into their life pretty simply and start to make a change. Um, The first is that we talk about primary foods, and primary foods are, before you even look at what you're eating, are the things that you're adding into your life. So relationship, exercise, how often you're cooking at home, 
uh, finances, spirituality, career, um, and that so we would be working with our clients on those those as well. And then secondary in terms of food, um, something called bioindividuality, where you know for you and I, what I eat and what works for me and makes me function the best of my ability may also be your poison. Oh. Um, Yeah, so there's, you know, if you look at science, you know, a lot of hard sciences, there's, like, proven um, ideas. But nutrition is one where, sadly, marketing has a lot to do with what is being the forefront of different models of nutrition, and all of them are different. It's very confusing. Some people are like, okay, do I only eat meat and cheese, and that's how I lose weight? Carbs are bad. Right. Um, Do I, you know, stay away from you know, high calorie and fats and each of us at different parts of our lives probably need something completely different. So those are like the two main ideas that this school really talks about in terms of working with clients. So it sounds like it's just, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like this is kind of pushing back against like the simplified notions of, because you hear about the different diets Mm -hmm. and they kind of cycle. I remember Adkins was a big thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's talking about keto. Mm-hmm. Um, and you read about these, and one side will tell you all these wonderful things. The other side will tell you this is why it's going to kill you. Right. So how do you determine somebody's bio-individuality mm-hmm. as far as food goes? Yeah. Well, and then I think what you're saying, like those two different issues, at least for me as a consumer, then I'm kind of stuck. Like I feel like I can't eat anything. Right. Or you know, screw it all. I'm just going to go have fun and eat pizza. You know, um, another thing that Josh talks about is, uh, the 90, 10 rule. So it's like that we also should be enjoying our life. And Mm -hmm. I like the, a couple times. So the way that the program is done is it's all online and you watch videos, almost like little Ted talks from the owner of the school to Mm -hmm. Deepak Chopra to Dr. Oz that we see on the Oz show, Andrew Wheel, that's a big nutritionist out in um, Tucson. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the the, um, episodes is he talks about how, you know, some, you can go to like the healthiest place on earth and often those are some of the most unhealthy people because they are, you know, so overly concerned about what they're eating and maybe they aren't really nurturing those primary relationships. Right. I think about somewhere here where a lot of us are probably built to nurture our relationships, yet our food choices are pretty limited, um, at least for somebody that did live in a place like that had a lot of food options. Right. Um, So you feel a little bit stuck. And so when you work, or at least whenever I work with clients, is I want to really enhance their own intuition. So you look at things like, um, first of all, your culture is a big aspect. You know, what did you eat as a kid? Um, not to say that that is correct, but like, what did your great grandmother eat? And, and then, you know, how has that evolved in your life? How do you feel? Start to take a food journal and see, you know, for the first month, maybe just know every time that you eat what you're eating and not only what you're eating, but what are you craving? And then after you eat, how is that making you feel? Do you feel lethargic? Do you break out in hives? Do you then have all these gut issues? Right. And, you know, sometimes it might take cleansing from a lot of the inflammatory foods um, and then starting to add foods back into the diet. But a big piece, again, goes back to just you also want to enjoy your life. So what is going to be realistic for you and your lifestyle? Um, 
you know, a big part of it is moving away from no matter what diet you're looking at, keto, Atkins, um, macrobiotic, you know, whatever it is, the one thing that they're all saying is stop eating as much processed food. I mean, get out of the factory and let's eat real foods. Right. Things that we can look at and know. Uh, You know, I hear somebody say that it's like, would your ancestors recognize it? Right. And I remember one time I was at, uh, I think I went to the movies and I bought these like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it now that I think about it. But it was like these. Uh, I don't know if they were like like gummy worm type material. Like I remember looking at it and thinking, just like man, like what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> where does this come from? And like I don't know. Like to this day, I don't know. I don't know how you make something like that. Right. And I think if I were to take that back, even like a hundred years, mm-hmm. and like show it to one of my you know my great great grandma or something. Like the colors, they, they weren't they weren't colors that appear in nature. Right. They, it's a consistency that doesn't appear in nature. It's yeah. really just weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, it sounds like it's helping people just kind of explore what they're doing. Yeah. And one thing that jumped out at me with what you were just saying is how disconnected many of us are from the effects of what we eat. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk to people a lot who will say, well... I feel all jittery, da, 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 da. I'll say, well, how much coffee did you drink today? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had like eight cups. Yeah. And they're, and it, it's kind of like eye-opening to them. Yeah. And they're like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, I'm drinking way too much coffee. Mm-hmm. That that seems like a pretty basic connection, but I think we all miss it. Yes. So you help people go and find that connection. Right. Yeah, and I wouldn't tell that person, stop drinking eight cups of coffee right, right away, you know. Then we might say, okay, well, how about this next week? Can you drink five? You know, it's not like a, we've all also probably seen people that crash and burn on these fad diets all the time, absolutely. which is again, probably not doing a great long-term effect to their gut right? Um, or even your own confidence and feeling that you can actually control what you're eating. Um, And I think people kind of level out, not even knowing how bad they feel. So they just think it's normal to not sleep or normal to feel jittery. Exactly. Um, and so it would be looking at that, you know, what is your your goals? And then not me sitting there telling you what nutritional contents of different foods are the best for you. But it would be kind of pulling that out like, all right, well, so tell me about your intake of caffeine. Right. Um, do you, if you have trouble sleeping, what does your sleep routine look like? You right. know, are you pulling away from the screen an hour before you go to sleep? Mm-hmm. Um you know, different, different things that we feel like we should all know. And I think that that also is where the coach comes in because the difference between a coach and a nutritionist is going to be the nutritionist probably will provide you with what's in different things as far as calorie count, nutrition labels, thing like things like that. Um, a coach is going to be there to really be the type of person that's like, okay, we know probably how we could change our diet or our health or our relationship. I could probably say three things I could be doing better right now. And then the coach will be somebody that's going to hold you to that. You know, if you come back the next week, have you tried not drinking eight cups of coffee? How did that go? Right. No, I didn't try. Are you feeling the same? Yes, I'm feeling the same. You know, um, kind of being there to, to say, look, you reminded me at the beginning of why you even came here was that you wanted to sleep better. So let's try to get you somehow to to get that goal reached. Help them remember this was their goal from the it, get-go. Exactly, yeah. That's really cool. It seems like this is a part 
like I see more and more of this emerging. You know, I see documentaries, I talk from working with people every day. I see people having more of an awareness about this. Of I think we went through this like phase in our culture where you just ate what you ate. You know, in the 80s, it was like junk food was almost like a, it was a cultural thing and it was like a badge of honor, you know. You still see this here and there where like, you know, Mountain Dew and Doritos and stuff like that. But I see more and more people being conscious of what they what they eat, what they put in their body, how they live their lives just in a holistic way. Right. Just, you know, trying to look at the whole thing. What draws you to this? Mm-hmm. Why does this matter to you? Well, I do think that we're, you know, the pendulum is swinging, like you said. And I think that that is a couple of different reasons. First of all, I don't want ever, anybody to ever feel ashamed of what they're eating. Right. It's hard. Um, sadly, uh, the government is subsidizing mm-hmm. these places that maybe, you know, are, are serving us not the best beef or whatever. Right. And um, the guy that's growing the vegetables, that farmer isn't getting those same subsidies. So there is a difference when you go to the supermarket and you see a bag of Cheetos for 99 cents, but you want to eat local grown berries that are seven dollars right it's hard um it's hard for families um but the more that we do kind of educate and i think social media is so huge in that just that through the 80s i'm an 80s kid in order for me to get vegetables eaten my mom put cheese whiz all over them no shame to my mom and no shame to me you know and that every once in a while i might still like cheese maybe not cheese whiz but right um And so to take the shame out of it and recognize, too, we've kind of been marketed to. Actually, in Mexico, they the whole country stopped allowing companies to market to kids. And sadly, I think in the United States, we don't want to feel what do they say when they stopped serving the 20 ounce Cokes in a Coke machine at a school, then everybody has decided we are a nanny state. But at some point we do need to say enough is enough. You know, you can't why are they putting these like sugary cereals with Elsa's face on it, you know, second up in the aisle so that then the parents are going to have to either be the ones that decide that that kid gets to start its morning with either something protein oriented or that's full of sugar and chemicals for their child. And, and really that is something that we as a community need to decide is not okay. Well, and it sounds like, I mean, a lot of what you're doing is education Mm -hmm. because you know, I, it's rare that I talk to a parent who says, like, oh, yeah, I want my kids to eat just stuff that's terrible for them. But you look at these boxes, and it says, like, let's say, you know, high in fiber. Right. high. It has these different things, mm-hmm. you know, that it makes it, like, it, it's hard to tell our kids no anyway, especially yes. when they're, like, really upset, and they want Elsa, and they oh, want yeah. the toy that's in there and all that. <laughs> all right. And then we see these things, and they're like, oh, it's high in vitamin D. Oh, it's mm-hmm. high in fiber. Oh, it's yeah. got iron. Double tons of calcium. There you go. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And so it sounds like a lot of this is education. Yes, education, empowerment, advocacy. I do think as adults, we have the opportunity to be leaders. Um, As a health coach, I will be meeting with clients, but I want to meet with teachers. And and for us to even just start to understand, like, what happens when you're stressed out? And I used to be a substitute teacher, and I know what happens when teachers are stressed out. They often go to the break room where somebody has brought donuts for the whole day, um, which is great. But we often cope with our stress with food, and then we forget that there's this five-year-old mind that's watching us. You know, what would the difference be if if the teacher that is stressed out says, hey, let's all take a seat and do some breathing or mindfulness, you know, that, right. that you talked about. Um, 
So yeah, I think that as we start to educate ourselves and, and two, to realize that, um, the more and more that you're doing more and more people feel liberated to do because it feels scary. Sometimes you don't want to be the person that you go out to dinner with and everybody's like, Oh, well she's a vegetarian. What can she eat? Or, you know, make it awkward. But at the same time, if you're doing that, somebody else feels empowered to say, I don't want to go have dinner with my company. And then the next day, feel horrible for two days because right. what everybody brought didn't, you know, it was the, whatever, the, the cheapest place that they could feed 70 people and right. it doesn't taste good. Um, but if other people are making empowering choices around their food, it does affect us as a whole. Um, and again, food isn't everything, but food is everything because it does affect the ADHD, the rising ADHD with the kids. Um, if you want to look at it from a financial issue, if they are saying one in three kids are about to have diabetes by 2030, one in three kids, and they used to say adult onset diabetes and child diabetes. Well, now they've said, you know, now they've changed it because they're seeing adult onset diabetes in fifth graders. Right. Um, And we owe it to our children for them to not have to have those health issues. And if it's food is the culprit, then we as a society and me taking the role as a health coach will hope to encourage, you know, better choices. And what I hear from you here that I really appreciate is it's a compassionate stance Mm -hmm. because you see a lot where you've got, you've you've got a, you've got the, the dominant voice in this seems to be just control yourself it's just you know just uh, be an adult and watch how you eat and what's what's funny is like uh, my wife and I joke about it she jokes about what an emotional eater I am mm-hmm. like I've I've not lived the wisest life a lot of times you know with drinking and drugs and things like that I was able to walk away from that the thing that really maintains a grip on me mm-hmm. is food mm-hmm. and I think part of what we don't address enough in our society is the emotional connection to food like you talk about with the culture yeah with um, just that emotional enjoyment, that satisfaction mm-hmm. you get, it's comforting. Yeah, it comforting. You know, the same way that I used to look forward to getting home at night so I could drink mm-hmm. for a very long time, up until the last year or so, I used to look forward to getting home so that I could eat some kind of crap that was just terrible for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it tasted, and my thing is that it's, I don't see a morality to it. Right. And that's the other thing I don't like is I see where we'll, We'll look at the way people eat and we make judgments about them as people. Right. I don't see that. For me, it's just right. math. Yeah. If I eat uh, a cup of sugar, mm-hmm. it's going to have effects on my body. This is yeah. just, nobody's doing this to me. There's right. This is not judgment. This is just happening. Mm-hmm. But that emotional component yeah. is very difficult to get away from. So yeah. how do you help people address that in health yeah. coaching? Yeah. Well, and something that you said, you know, I read something the other day. It was talking about, you know, calories in, calories out. And calories are just a measurement of energy. Right. So you can find things that like, oh, there's this many calories in a donut. Well, there's that same as many calories in, you know, maybe an avocado or something. Right. So it, the calories are just a measure of energy, but it is like, what are you going to get out of it? Are you going to get empty calories? Or are you going to get the calories right. that have the you know photonutrients in them, different things that are going to support your body? And I don't like that either. I mean, we don't also need to make food um, something that then is our merit badge. Oh, I ate this many organic right. cherries today, so I all of a sudden am better than somebody or that vegans veganism is better than anything. It's not. It's what works for you. Well, and there's a socioeconomic aspect right. to all of mm-hmm. that. Is, um, it is cheaper 
to yeah. go feed your family on the dollar menu. Yes. And so that's where I kind of get where I kind of get in opposition to the whole uh, everybody should just eat organic. Yeah. And, like my wife and I are pretty fortunate financially mm-hmm. these days. It's expensive. I had somebody tell me the other day that I should be eating a big bowl of strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, and raspberries every day. Mm-hmm. That's like $15 a meal yeah. by the time you buy all those, yeah. you know? And so I like that that's, that the health coaching addresses all of yeah. that. And that, that part awareness of that, advocacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to be able to afford to eat, yeah. period. Yeah, yeah, so, and that's, okay. I think, going even to, into, like, school lunches, you know? I mean, the rabbit yeah. hole can, like, go so far in all the different ways because um, it, it is it always has made me kind of like, how did we get here where like this bag of made up food that probably was created in China and then had like however much fuel that it needed to fly over here and to whatever truck it needed to get to, to get to the supermarket, how all of that adds up financially, but it's still cheaper than what was grown locally. Um, it's weird. It's crazy, you yeah. know, and that again, it goes back to the governmental subsidies, which so then it should make people not feel like so ashamed of it. Right. Um, and then so back to the emotional connection too. I think part of that is is also to be honored. Um, again, the Joshua Rosenthal says he cut out dairy for a long time, and I have a couple more personal examples, but I like what he says. He said he cut out dairy. And I was just eating like a macrobiotic diet, which theirs is heavy in grains. And it's kind of like it's a doctor in Japan um, derived out of that. So he was doing great being really healthy. But then he would find himself like binging on Ben and Jerry's ice cream every once in a while. And it wasn't until he started remembering like his connection to his grandma and how they used to sit and eat ice cream together And that's not something you necessarily want to forget. You know, you want to have those beautiful memories that surround food, but it's not until you kind of make the connection Mm -hmm. that you realize that's why you keep going back to that comfort food. Um, And so then you just learn through making your own choices that even monks, they can't meditate all day. Uh, Everything in excess can be taken into excess, right? Mm -hmm. So you find that area of like, okay, I like to enjoy Ben and Jerry's ice creams on Friday with my kids so they can have that moment or whatever. And then maybe it's not every Friday. It's like uh, on my grandma's birthday and, you know, every other Friday or whenever Mm -hmm. it is. I mean, the food still can be fun and enjoyable, but it's not every night I'm in my closet secretly eating this ice cream. It, it's taking the shame out of it. Yes. It's And it sounds like it's also like taking it back to its place of meaning. Mm-hmm. When something's available to us all the time, it mm-hmm. starts to... I've got like I've got like literally 150 half-finished movies on Netflix mm-hmm. because it's just available. It's all over the place. And I think so it starts to lose its meaning, whereas back, back in the day, going and getting to rent a video was awesome. Yeah. You know, and so it sounds like kind of doing that with food of just yeah. saying, yeah, this can still mean something to you, yes. but it also doesn't have to run your life yeah. and you don't have to hide from it. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. I mean, it sounds like it's a non-judgmental approach to health. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So who, who should reach out to you yeah. for health coaching? Um, you know, really anyone that is finding that they either have some kind of concerns with just how they feel, inflammation. You know, I'm not going to work with somebody that is 
got some kind of issues that I'm not meant to handle. Doctors have their place. You know, I'm not here to, to heal anyone from some kind of illness that I know nothing about. I'm not an, an MD. Right. Um, but maybe you're just kind of in that rut where you can't figure out what's making you feel bad. You feel constantly tired. You have achy joints. You're not sleeping at night. Um, and you just need that extra you know, you've tried different diets and nothing seems to really help you either if your goal is to shed weight or if it is to gain weight or, you know, whatever it is um, in, in terms of your own goals or just somebody that you really just need, you know, either similar to counseling as where we won't be really like kind of prying around into the past and, and whatever issues are going there, but you will have a supportive force um, I like that it's a six month program because it does take a while to even figure out what's happening for you. Um, so if it was, you know, you see all these like lose 10 pounds in 30 days, which is great. And a lot of people do lose the 10 pounds in 30 days, but then in three months, they're probably going to put those same 10 pounds back on. With five extra. Yeah. For the rebound. Exactly. Yeah. So it would be somebody that really wants to commit to themselves, um, at the beginning of the year, you know, you always have the people with the New Year's resolutions. And I will say every day is a New Year's resolution. Um, And you can can right now say, you know, there are some areas in my life where I have goals, but I don't seem to have the energy or the like knowledge or even support to get to those goals. So it sounds it sounds very client led Mm -hmm. where their goals are what's centered, but that you're there like you are actually a coach. You're yep. there to support. You're there to encourage. You're there to provide accountability. Yep. All within, all within a supportive environment. Yes. So you mentioned yoga. Mm-hmm. How does that factor into all of this? Yeah. So I think each coach will probably take their own personal. Um, anybody that goes to Institute of Integrative Nutrition will then take the model that we were taught and add their own personal flair, if you will. Um, the way that I was taught yoga was also from a program called Integrative. Um, it's integrative yoga therapy, um, IYT. And so in that, we talk about the five different energy bodies. The first, your physical body. And within the physical body, we have all of our body systems. So the respiratory system, cardiovascular system, um, you know, digestive system, reproductive system, all of that. And then you add yoga to how you can heal or start to work with the physical body. And then you have your pranic body, so it would be your energy body. So we would look at breathing techniques, um, different ways that you can use your energy. So sleep, how often do you get outside? How often are you in nature? Um, You know, I'll add that kind of overlay to the way that I do the health coaching. So in a six month program, we'd pretty much start looking at your symptoms of your physical body. And then as we move through the six months, start to add in, you know, how is your energy? Have you tried this breathing technique or meditation? Um, Going beyond to even your mental, emotional body and how that ties in the cravings, um, you know, what are the emotions that you feel before you eat a certain food or after a certain food? Um, What are maybe meditative or yogic techniques, positions? how can those support those cravings? Um, And then finally kind of becoming your witness to where 
even before you feel those cravings, you start to recognize like things that trigger you and how you really are in control of making your decisions, that they're not so uh, rash all the time and that you get to say when you do enjoy the food that might make you ill or when you don't. Um, and then just how we're connected in all of it. So at the end, hopefully that you feel like what you have done and accomplished can then go out and either help your family. So maybe then you and your family are cooking more. I mean, people don't sit around and even eat together anymore, let alone cook together. Um, or maybe now you are going out and feeding the homeless. I mean, you start to realize how, working at your local CSA or your food bank, how that little day that you could spend there could really help these kids that don't have the option to eat the bowl of berries in the morning. And so through your work, yes, you're working on your own self, but hopefully as you go through those different energy bodies, um, you're also helping other people. We can't really improve ourselves without that branching out. Mm -hmm. Just in the same way we can't be unhealthy and toxic without that branching out to the people around us as well so so it's not just holistic for the person's life it's holistic for family community and going outward yeah that's super cool yeah so let's say somebody wanted to work on this kind of stuff with you where do Mm -hmm. they where do they find you where can they uh, do they call you or can Mm -hmm. they find you online yep yeah you can call me um and you can find my number on my website it's by its own design um dot com or you can email me lifebyitsowndesign at gmail.com. Um, and my phone number will be listed there. And yeah, I have availability um, usually Mondays and Thursdays. Um, I can do this online. Uh, online wouldn't have as big of like a yoga uh, perspective because I wouldn't be able to get you into the postures and know that everything was okay. Right. If somebody's working with me here, I probably will do like since we'd be meeting twice a month, one of those times would be on the yoga mat so we could start to work within the physical body. Um, uh, online or via Skype, you know, might look a little bit different. But I, um, yeah, I would love for anybody to contact me. So the first stop would be the website byitsowndesign.com mm-hmm. and I'll be sure and put that in the show notes. Okay, cool. Can they find you on Instagram anything yes, like that? Yes, um, Instagram by its own design. Cool. Yep. Okay. And uh, I also have a personal page Mama Lens 13 and you can nice. see me and my daughter flowing through life there. Nice. Yeah. I will put um, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes cool. so anybody can check that. Awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time to stop by. I think I think there's more to this conversation, and so we're going to have to pick that up again down the road for sure. Thanks so so much, James. All right, so that was the first ever interview on the Dying Daily podcast. I really enjoyed doing it, but I also know that that's a new format for me, so I'm open to any just criticism, constructive criticism, or feedback about how that went, what could be improved, things like that. I really think it's important that we have different opinions on here, different perspectives other than just mine. And so if you know of somebody who's doing cool things with their life, uh, if if you are somebody who's doing something cool with your life and you think it would fit in with this podcast, then reach out to me and let me know. I'd love to interview you. I'd love to interview your friend. I would love to just have more voices on here than just mine. To do that, you can always find me at jamescotthenson.com. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's James Scott Henson now. I dropped the whole fake James Henson thing. So th- those are two places it's most easy to get in touch with me. I've actually been spending a good a good amount of time on Pinterest of all places. 
I'm finding a lot of useful stuff on there and I think I'm uploading a lot of useful stuff. So I think for a long time I didn't understand what Pinterest actually was. And once I kind of figured that out, I've found that, I mean, there's some really cool stuff on there. So uh, I've been trying to contribute some to that. You can also find me on there. Uh, I don't actually know if you can message people on there. So the website and Instagram are probably better ways to get in touch with me. One cool thing I have coming up pretty quick here is this, uh, it's a five day introduction to mindfulness course. It's, it's gonna be free. It's just a kind of a five day email course to help people just get in the flow of what mindfulness is, what it can do for our lives. I think it's gonna be a cool thing. It's gonna have a short reading, an exercise each time, and then a short video. And so it's kind of a way for me to get more acquainted with doing that, uh, figure out how, how to do that stuff. So if that's something that interests you, head over to jamescotthenson.com backslash sign up, and that'll put you on the email list. That'll also get you a password to the resource library, which has got some cool stuff in there, and I actually just uploaded four new things. So yeah, if that's something you're interested in, check it out. If not, that's cool. Whatever you decide to do, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast, and I hope you have a great week. Take care.